1: To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
2: I want to gut a cow. Hey, gang. Wowzer, do we have an amazing episode with you. Don Jameson. Remember him who did Die Hard? He comes back to do one of the greatest films of all time, according to pretty much everybody, The Matrix. That's right, The Matrix. Don Jameson, brass balls on this motherfucker. Before we get into it, guttingthesacredcow.com every single day. And check this out: you can get some gutting the sacred cow stickers, like I just show you right here. Why don't you hit us up on the DMs on the old SoSh, on the old Twitter GTSC podcast. One sticker for three bucks or three for five bucks? What the hell? Guttingthesacredcow.com every day for the blogs, for the merchandise, you know the drill. And to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. I'm not going to wait around anymore because I know you want to hear Don Jameson try and take down the Matrix.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Military True Crime Addict A podcast
0: focusing on true life events Of military personnel,
1: veterans And those associated with the military Give a voice to the victims And hear their side of the story Raise awareness of the heinous crimes And support those most impacted Military True Crime Addict Is available wherever you get your podcasts And you don't need to know anything About the military to listen Now, back to the show
2: I don't see a salad bar. Well, Mahoney said the best salad bar in town. Mahoney, that's right. Well, damn sure better have. Kevin Israel, name that film.
1: Uh, I know I should know this one. Mm. You gave me such a softball last time.
0: This is a softball, too. Really is. Even I know this
2: one. I (laughs) I can't remember. Don Jameson's our guest yet again. If you remember him, he is the balls to take on the Titan known as Die Hard. Returning for this episode, Don, what is that movie? What is that quote from? Jailhouse Rock. No. (laughs) So cute. Police Academy 4, Citizen on Patrol. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, back with, like I said, Don Jameson. And Don from the, uh, the that Jameson show on Compound Media, you can you actually you can catch me on that. I was on that not too long ago. As you listen to this,
0: and uh, Don, what else are you up to? Tell the good folks what you're up to. Where we can find you? Um, yeah, I'm on all the social medias. Don Jameson, like you said, that Jameson show. My my little rock and roll hang, and uh, you know I love having comics in the studio with me. And you know we talk comedy, we talk rock. You know I'm not a. It, it's funny, man, because like. What you guys do and you know how clever I think this podcast is, but that's what you guys do. You guys are movie buffs, right? Mm -hmm. And and what you do would be the equivalent of me, like just booking guests on that Jameson show that hate rock albums. You should. Like that would bum me, but that would bum me yeah. out. Like, doesn't it bum you out every week? You gotta sit and, and have one of the movies you love get torn to shreds. Well, that rarely happens because if we do disagree with them, we tear
2: them to the shreds. They don't have the ammo that we do. That's for damn sure. <laughs> no, no one has ever.
1: I know. have to. I have to. I have to say, and I've complained to Kevin about this a number yeah. of times. That since doing this show, which we've been at for about a year and a half now, yeah. Uh, I don't have as much fun watching movies anymore. Like I still <laughs> love movies, but I'm just, I, I start tearing everything apart and I can't, I, my wife actually said to me, she's like, I, you you suck to watch movies. To watch movies. <laughs> wow. sorry, I was like, I know, Ashley. I'm sorry.
2: I can't help it. <laughs> Ashley, we're just not like dumb shit anymore. We've grown up.
0: Sad as that <laughs> right. is, Right. And then on top of, so on top of that, on top of you guys get your feelings heard for an hour Then you bring on your comedian friends who are who basically they're set up to fail. You know, (laughs) we we are the guests of dishonor because your audience is going to chew us up and spit us out. You know, I I got a lot of you know, I got a lot of heat for for Trash and Die Hard. But I will say, you know, your fans are smart movie people. And so um, they they were fair. You know, they were like, good. yeah, J- Jameson had some good arguments, but he was still out of bounds. So I appreciate that. But, yeah, everybody you have on is set up to fail. Not true, because there are a lot of films that people pick that we fucking hate as much as they do. So
2: what's our honest to God, our, success, our like to dis- dislike ratio is what? Slightly more dislike. Yeah. They, in a sense, we agree with them that that film stinks more than fuck you, you're wrong. And sometimes just like, eh, I like it, and I'm not going to die in the hill for it, a la Pirates of the Caribbean, where I'm like, it's fine. I like it. I'm not going to go out on a fucking tirade and say it sucks. But I give my friend Don Jameson all the credit in the world because he has chosen an absolute motherfucking juggernaut for his second. If you thought Die Hard was going to make your taint hot on fire, get a load of this one (laughs) he's chosen for this one. He has chosen the absolute... Jug, juggernaut i can't use, use that word enough juggernaut the matrix the fucking first matrix 1999 budget 63 million box office draw 465.3 million turn that into 2021 dollars 100.1 million dollar budget 738.9 million <laughs> kevin israel are you too messin
1: Oh man, that is, and this, and first of all, Don, kudos to you for picking two movies that are literally at the top of the mountain. Like you, you're like that guy who just runs into a fight head down and doesn't look at who's on the other side. Like God bless you for that. And number, and number two, The Matrix is a, is a, is an action movie that inarguably revolutionized the way action movies were looked at. Like it everything after the Matrix was trying to chase the Matrix. So I am very excited to hear your arguments for this movie.
0: As Well, as as again as 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 and, and 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 you hate we're, we're all comics and you always hate to, to to explain to people the joke, but let's let's just set it up now early which is like this is all in good fun, obviously <laughs> if I don't take an extreme side. This is not going to be interesting. You won't have me back. No one will listen. But I will say, whatever movie studio put this out, um, they could have just flushed $63 million down the toilet, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I do agree with Kevin. It did revolutionize something in my world. Um, I didn't need to take Ambien after I saw this film. Wow. That's insane. By the way, flush $63 million. Did you not just hear me
2: fucking tell you, not even three minutes ago, $465.3 million? That's eight times almost ROI. So they didn't flush shit down, and they also made two garbage fucking sequels. Before we get into it, I know you're excited, Don. Five, I'm sorry, quotes. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of even that. Jesus Christ, Kevin. Kevin. INDB as we know is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Don Jameson, you are a guest. You go first. What did the matrix score in INDB?
0: One through ten with decimals. I mean definitely at least an eight.
2: Okay, we'll call that eight.
0: Eight i eight point two. Eight two, Kevin
2: Israel. Nine three. Eight seven. Ah, that's low. That's low. We split it. We split it. I'm very surprised that it's that low. Critics, Rotten Tomatoes score, Kevin Israel. You know the drill. What do critics do? I'm
1: going to stay. I'm going to stay with my nines. I'm going to go 93.
2: Don, nah, Rotten to uh, 87. Someone's got two showcases coming their way,
1: and that's Don Jamison, 88, nice.
0: 88.
1: Nice, well done, Don. I'm shocked. That I know so-
0: it's a popular. I
1: know it's a popular film.
2: All right. Doesn't mean it's good. Audience score, Don Jameson for Rotten Tomatoes, one through 100. It's
0: going to be right up there again. I think in the high eight, maybe I'll, maybe uh, audience, let's go. I'll go to 90 on this one.
1: Israel. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say 95. 85. Wow. Ooh, wow, this, wow. Shocked. Shocked. Yeah. Shocked.
2: Quotes, I know Kung Fu, show me. Guns, lots of guns. Also used in John Wick 3, did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> all the quotes I have for this one because it's, they're too obvious. So I'll let my partner have a couple. So, Kevin, your honor.
1: My name is Neo. and uh, And there is no spoon.
2: Yep.
0: That was the key one. Don, any quotes jump out at you? Any quotes jump out? The only thing that jumped out at me was when they went to the club at the beginning of the movie. They were playing Rob Zombie in there. So at least for a couple minutes, I I was having a good time. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five
2: fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts five fun facts for you right now the studios did not want the wachowskis to direct the matrix at first so they wrote and directed bound which became a modest hit recently rewatched it pretty good yeah topless jennifer topless jennifer tilly and uh gina gershon they're lesbian bank robbers if you have not seen that kevin i've not Number two, we all know Will Smith turned down the role of Neo, but when I take a few stabs on who did, answers, all of them, major A-listers, especially at the time. Four guys. Tom, Tom Cruise. One. Thanks. Any other guesses? Um, uh, who else? Chris Farley? <laughs> I mean, he was turned down in his coffin, but not the role. Oh, okay, he was dead by like that. All right. Yeah. Otherwise he would have got. <laughs> My name uh, is Neo Evivo un, un Nebuchadnezzar down by the river.
1: I think <laughs> I think I, I heard this one, I think. Uh, Ma- uh I was uh say Matrix. Brad Pitt? Nope. Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, and the one
2: I would fucking kill to see, Nicolas Cage.
1: Oh man! Yeah,
0: (laughs) Um, I I actually like the idea of Will Smith in that role. Uh, Yeah, he would have brought something a little different.
2: Well, you know what he turned? Why he turned this down? Right? What film did he go off to make instead of this?
0: Wild, wild west. Is that Wild,
1: Wild West? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, he
0: he didn't go on tour with Jazzy Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Parents just doesn't understand. understand. Yeah, just
2: uh, there you go. Number three want to take a stab on who was considered for Morpheus uh, all very much A-level guys at the time well yeah all of them A-level guys at the time I'll give you a hint one of, the, one of them one black guy and two white guys
0: Tom Berenger,
2: <laughs> Lieutenant Barnes yeah
1: No. <laughs> Al Pacino
2: who uh, <laughs> What was told for you was meant just for you. Samuel L. Jackson was one of them. All right. Very different movie. Russell Crowe. And my personal favorite, this would have been great, Sean Connery. How cool that (laughs) is. That, yeah. yeah. Number four, Hugo Weaving modeled Agent Smith's voice after the Wachowskis.
1: They talk like androids. <laughs>
2: I guess. Number five, the mid- the three minute lobby shootout scene took ten days to shoot.
1: Yeah, because that was that was they were all on those ropes and shit. That was yep.
2: bonkers.
0: It is now time. I, I, oh, what's I was up, I was about to put a rope around my neck by the time I got to that <laughs> scene. We wish you did. <laughs> Love you, too.
2: <laughs> Kevin Israel, this man is champing at the bit. He is oh, deadly. Yeah, yeah. He's taken the red pill down Hatred Boulevard. It's now time for Don Jameson to
0: gut the, the sacred, sacred cow. cow. All right. I'll start by saying this, because uh, I did do Die Hard, and I want to uh, – I I now want to apologize for all the things I said about Die Hard, because compared to The Matrix, Die Hard is Citizen Kane, the godfather, Gone with the Wind, and Birth of a Nation compared to The Matrix, which is two hours and 15 minutes of just uh, desperately trying to stay awake uh, throughout painful dialogue, painful special effects, uh, and painful acting. Uh, Just... Nothing, nothing reasonable or worth watching at all. And of course it starts out with these movies. They never get the feds, right? You know, the guys who are supposed to be feds Mm -hmm. and they put them in the sunglasses and they all, they all play the role exactly the same way. Like there's this cocky person and they're wearing sunglasses at night and inside. And it's like, it's, it's, it's a parody of what a Fed would be, you know what I mean? Like they put him in the suit, they put the dark glasses on, him, but it it looks ridiculous and and they act like they look. And so it always comes off poorly. The only guy that's ever played a Fed good is Clint Eastwood and he's the only guy that can do it apparently. So um, those guys were just as over the top as the, the Fed guys that were in Die Hard, unbelievable, terrible acting, horrible.
2: All right. Hey, wait, wait, wait what, that's fed the, role, what Fed role was Eastwood great in, in the
0: line of fire? In the line of fire. Right. That's a, that's a patriot right there. <laughs>
1: what about Tommy Lee Jones? He did a pretty good Fed.
0: Okay, yeah, Tommy Huge Lee Jones. Jones. So you're right. Okay. You guys know movies better than I do, but... How about Keanu Ree- Re- be- Reeves in Point Break? God damn it. Okay, now you, you've gone off the rails. I am um, FBI agent. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Uh, The opening scene is so over the top and ridiculous. You got this girl flying around the air. And just like all the just like Die Hard, there's bullets flying everywhere. Nothing hits her. Nothing gets close to anything. The truck runs her over. That doesn't kill her. It's like you've already lost me for the whole rest of the movie. And I got two hours and 10 minutes left of this thing. So that's off-putting. Her name is Trinity. What is she? A stripper from New Jersey? What kind? What kind of name is that? Not a
1: science fiction fan, are you, Don? No.
0: I do. I I like science fiction. I've seen I've seen Terminator. I've seen Predator. I've seen um, E.T. All good films. I'm shocked because like about. E.
2: What's that? I'm shocked you like E.T. I fucking me love E.T. But that
0: shocked yeah. me. You said you like E.T. All right. I have. I have. There is a soft side to me. it's it's not just pure rage and hate there's a soft side um but that's the thing like that movie had suspense and 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 all the dialogue just was really on point i thought and because i don't care about dialogue like to me the matrix is so boring the dialogue was terrible i couldn't figure out what was going on um you know perfect example i don't know if you guys saw a quiet place that movie. yes both of them very good so what is there, 10 pages of dialogue in the whole movie where you would normally have about 150 pages? Were you bored once in A Quiet Place? No. It was amazing. No, they're yeah. very tense movies. So, so those, that's the kind of movie, which is a sci-fi movie, that I love because it, it, all the stuff isn't set up in the first, say, five to 10 minutes of the movie like it is in The Matrix. You know Keanu Reeves is not dying. You know, Neo, uh, uh, Morpheus is not dying. You know the chick's not dying because they have to have, a, they have to crowbar in a dumb romantic uh, storyline in there. And it's like, and then all the other people, you go, all right, some of them might die, but you don't really care about those characters. So it's like, once you have that, what do you care about the movie after that? Hmm. By the way, I once, I once peed next to Larry Fishburne. I just wanted to throw that in there I like how you call him Larry I like how you call him Larry Fishburne because that's so funny he started
2: off as Larry Fishburne in he was in Apocalypse Now it was his first film and are you ready for this Nightmare on Elm Street 3
1: oh
0: so should I address oh yeah Larry? that's right
1: yeah I peed
0: next to the guy I didn't call him Larry
1: <laughs> did you did you look
0: of course he did. I, you know what, man, I, I didn't. I, I was a professional, uh, uh, but I did look over at him and he smiled at me. So I don't know if he was looking at me, but I did pee next to him in New York once. That's a, how do you? And smile- he really is I, wait, one of our. How do you smile through a glory hole? How does that work? <laughs> no, that was another. That was with Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I, I was consoling him that he didn't get the role in <laughs> Matrix. Um, you never no, call think-
1: a boner a smile, Kev.
0: <laughs> I a- uh, I think I think Lawrence Fishburne is definitely one of you know the finest actors of our generation but you know I think I think what t- takes away from his performance in this is the same thing that I see in a lot of movies like this and also a lot of TV shows uh particularly NCIS Law and Order all those crime shows Everybody in those TV shows and in these kind of movies, they all act at the same exact level. Everything is urgent. Everything is this. There's no, there's no levels of acting. They're all acting the same. They're all just in a bad mood. And everything's, oh, mm. And then when they have to make a point, they can take the sunglasses off and really drive the point home. But no one raises their voice in the whole movie. It's all flat. The dialogue just flat lines the entire movie. So, you know, Fishburne, he goes, this is how I'm playing this character. Maybe he didn't know everyone else is going to play the same character. So, you know, to me, it's like all the characters were just one big glob of monotone characters. You know, it was like, I, you know, I love Stephen Wright, but I don't need to see six of them in a row.
2: <laughs> Wearing trench coats.
0: Right. Well, I, you know, in a trench coat, you know, look, I, and the trench coat didn't bother me. I worked with Bob Levy in the 90s. I like the floor, <laughs> the top of the, <Florida, laughs> the, the floor leather jacket. Um, but uh, the, sun, the whole thing with the sunglasses, beyond ridiculous. Like I said, the, the, the guys who were like the feds with their dumb glasses on, then Fishburne with the glasses that didn't even have arms on the side. How do those stay on? Was he going? Was he swimming the two hundred meter? You know, whatever relay after this. You know, at the end when they're shooting each other up in the scene that took ten days to shoot, which I wouldn't have taken ten minutes to shoot that scene. They're wearing sunglasses. Of course, they can see perfectly. I, I walk into a comedy club after driving there for a half hour, my sunglasses on. Someone says, hi, I can't even see who they are. I'm like, wait, hold on. Let me take my glasses off. <laughs> These guys are shooting people with 313 guns in each hand. No problem. Everything's fine. It's all the same stuff from Die Hard, all the same nonsense. You know, no, you know, nobody's getting hit except for the bad guys. So it's ridiculous. The whole thing on the phone with Morpheus when he's in the office and Morpheus is directing him through an office that he's not even in. I mean, come on, give me a break. I mean, that was so lame. It, the only thing that would have made it funny is if like if Keanu Reeves ran into like Milton from office space, that would have <laughs> been funny.
1: I'm looking for my stapler. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it, it, there was so many sunglasses at night. I was waiting for a Corey Hart song to start playing in the oh, background.
1: Three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> dick you lust and then the best joke in the movie was terrible you've been bugged <sighs> ha 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 yeah because they put i got oh, because they put a real bug in them Ugh. <laughs> fucking horrible um what else did i got here <laughs> uh what did i write meets morpheus he has sunglasses oh the noir okay i did that um and oh, yeah, with that, that scene in the, in the office, let's say the office is getting shot, shot up where you, got, where you work, Kevin. <laughs> would you be listening to a guy on the phone tell you how to get out of there? He'd be like, dude, I can't talk right now. I'm the guy to get my head blown off. And you'd figure a way out of there, right? Uh,
2: I, I, that's a safe assumption, yeah.
0: Right. I know you're supposed to, to suspend disbelief. I get that. But we're, we're talking this is the first 15 minutes of the film, and like everything – is completely unbelievable. And then the most unbelievable thing of all, Neo doesn't know from anybody. He doesn't know from this broad that he met at the club. They didn't, he didn't even like finger or anything, right? (laughs) You know, like there's nothing there. And then he's in front of this guy, Fishburne, who's an imposing character, this and that. And he gives him a choice. You take this pill, you go home. You take this pill, you go to hell. Oh, well, of course I got to take the, the pill that's going to take me to hell for the, for the rest of the movie. I mean, come on. That's, well, it's, that's so corny. Just, just kidnap the guy and tell him you got to do this. You're the guy for the job. You're the one. You're the, you've been, you're the chosen one. We picked you. But for him to pick a pill, I'd go, no, I, you know, I'm going home, bro. I, I just got yelled at at work for not coming in on time. I got no time for your nonsense. You got no arms on your sunglasses. I can't even look at you. Don. Don take taking both pills and said, "Fuck it. One of these good things is going to happen." <laughs> and
2: by the way, it's it actually up. up. To To be fair, it's really hard to finger a chick through leather pants. I'll give her credit on that one. That's a, that's a, that's a tough. Well, she
0: looked good. She looked good in leather. Yeah, it is tough, but she looked good. she looked good in the leather pants. Nice looking lady, um but and we will get to the whole romance part of it. You know. um I don't know, you know, Reeves was in good shape. Maybe they, those were steroids he was giving him. I have no idea, you know. Uh, maybe I was jealous. He has abs. I don't, <laughs> you know, but but that, just that scene where he had to make a choice, like, that's something James Spader does, like, in every movie. Like, he always finds himself in these weird situations, and then he just kind of goes with it. But right. but Spader pulls it off somehow. Like, just Spader just comes off as that guy that will go, yeah, okay. I'll go along with this. Oh, crashing your car and off the highway turns you on, <laughs> gets you horny. Oh my! I'll God. do that. Sure. What a pull. No a problem. That was NC yeah. Seventeen. Deborah Kara Come yeah. on, I'd crash a car for her. Yeah. Um, her career so, crashed yeah, too. So, and then the yeah. So now he takes this pill, and now he's in the 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 champagne glass from hell, like. You know, with slime in it. You know, like like he's on on his honeymoon in the Poconos somewhere, bathing <laughs> in a champagne glass. He's got all these frigging things like locked into him, and it's like, you, why would you take that pill? All all this now you got bolts in the back of your head and all this crazy shit, and all he should have done was just you know went back to work. You know, he didn't need to do all this stuff, um, uh, g- giant. Yeah, he's got a giant bolt in his head. He's got the plug-ins on his arms. And and then this is in the part of the movie where I really started to fall asleep. Because at least some of that obviously had a visual element. But then all the dialogue after that is just boring exposition of artificial intelligence, which isn't even really a thing. And so it's like, it, it sounded like everyone's reading from an AI manual. You know, there's just no real conversation. It's not, hey, how you doing today? Right. It's like they, every monologue was meant to explain what's going on in the movie and I didn't care what was going on in the movie at that point and I still don't understand 90% of it, even though they explained it. And when you have to, expl- and when you have to explain what's going on in the movie, it's, it doesn't work out. you got to just know from watching it. I see. All right. Sure. Is that it? And oh. No. Okay, keep going, baby. Yeah. I don't have much more because this is where the this was sort of the, the part of the film where I started to get angry that I was still watching it and realized I still have like 45 minutes to go. <laughs> <laughs> um then uh yeah, Neo pukes. I did simultaneously Uh, the Kung Fu scene unbearable. That was so, the only thing that would have made that good is if they unsynced the dialogue, like the seventies karate movies, other than that, jumping up and down and flipping all over the place. It was ridiculous. It was silly. I know it's a callback at the end, but, but an obvious one, you knew that was going to happen at the end with the, with the, the, the last guy terrible, um, you know, I wanted to karate chop my TV at that point. I'll be honest. And for the rest of the movie, I just sat stone faced and angry at you two fuckers for making me rewatch this again. <laughs> um, so that's my review, and sticking <laughs> to it. You're welcome. What uh, number do
2: you give this? One through ten. One. Wow. Ooh. What? Is- <laughs> didn't you give Die Hard a one, he didn't or even a... pause? You didn't even have to think about it. Wow. <laughs> See, that's what you want. When people come in here and go, you know, I didn't like it, four and a half. No, I want, I'm want. i glad you said one. Fuck this film. I like that attitude. Doesn't know, it mean we're necessarily going to agree with that or not. But we're going to find out. Before, Kevin, we go to you first, though. We forgot to do our new segment. And that is, of course, Ask a Gutter. Bango to ask Don Jameson, are we living in a simulation? If yes. And if you have the option of continuing to exist in said simulation or fight machines in a real world hell in a real world hellscape, what would you choose?
0: If I had to fight machines,
2: right? Are we leaving? Are, um, are, are we leaving a, in a simulation? That should be the first question we answer.
0: Yeah, I don't. You know what? This is uh, this. This doesn't come up on my nerd radar. This kind of stuff. <laughs> I. I like i said i like the schwarzenegger films you know i like to like hang next to arnie and you know you know mess you know fuck up the predator or whatever i don't you know i don't know what i, I don't really you know i don't have a good answer for that obviously <laughs> <laughs> fair i, I like li- i like living in the real world
2: brandon oglesby asked is your gutting based on real issues, or are you just that emo kid in high school that hates popular stuff?
0: <laughs> I saw that one on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> um, this guy doesn't know me at all, but he he kind of knows me a little bit. <laughs> I, obviously, I'm a metalhead. I've always I've always gone against the grain, so I usually don't like things that are super popular. But um, but listen, you you're surprised I like DT. So there's no reason that. I shouldn't have liked this movie. I, do, I think Keanu Reeves is a good actor. I think Fishburne's a great actor. So, Larry. You know, I, I go in with an open mind, and I came out angry.
2: He also wants to know, what's your idea of good sci-fi movies and TV? I ask only because I've never heard of a good reason for not liking this movie that wasn't about the CGI. So he wants to know, what's your idea of good sci-fi movies and TV?
0: Well, I'll say this. Um, well, I, mean, I named the movies that I like pretty much, right. but I mean, um, and there's others, but um, the CGI to me was actually, it was actually probably for me, the best part of the movie because at least there was some visual effect going on.
2: Yeah, it still holds up, I think. Kevin, agree? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was impressed by how well it held up. Fantastic.
2: That, I think that does it for Ask a Gutter. Does it? uh, Yes, that'll do it for Ask a Gutter. Kevin Israel, why don't you start off tonight's session?
1: So this movie goes back to my senior year in college. Uh, I think it was uh, one of the last things I did in my senior year of college. I I went on a date and we went to see this movie. And I'm I'm reminded how well they marketed this movie because everybody wanted to see it. And nobody had any fucking idea what this movie was about. You, you, you knew there was, I think there were some action scenes that you saw in the trailer, but you, you had no idea what it was going into it. And I remember walking out of this movie and the girl I was dating at the time was like, went, all right, let's go to like a party or their party or bar. And I was like, you got to shut up for a minute. Like, I need to think about what just happened. Like, I wanted to go sit somewhere and really consider this whole idea of being in a being in a simulation. I, I it really I think it really took me how much i didn't know about this movie and especially in today's day and age when you very rarely go into a movie and not know everything about the movie so and this was probably one of the last big budget movies that really took that marketing chance of not telling you anything that you were getting into so that that always stood out to me as being such a a cool kind of special experience as one of the last times that I went in excited about a movie with really no idea. I think independence day did it too. You really, you just knew that the Capitol building exploded or the The white White house. House, explodes. That was it. And so, and they just don't do that anymore because they don't have the faith in the audience to, to take a chance. So, but the, the movie itself has, it, it hasn't aged great. It's aged. Okay. But there's a lot of stuff in it that a, a lot of the, a lot of the storytelling choices, I, I feel like number one, they didn't have a lot of faith in the audience because Don is right. They do explain a lot. Um, and there's a lot that have the beginning of the movie when she's sitting in the desk and then they, the cops break in. Why is she just sitting there? There's no reason for her to just, she's sitting in the corner of a room facing away from the door. Just sitting there, and there's no there's no explanation for why she's sitting there. And then she, and then when she goes to get Neo, and she's in the they're in the club, which is by the way the quietest nightclub ever because they're able to whisper to each other yeah. and have a conversation. Oh, wait, yeah,
0: Kevin, that was that's a great point you just made. Two great points. Although I'll say the thing about her just sitting there when the cops came in was like her confidence of, at being like this kind of superhuman chick. Like she knew she could kick their ass at a moment's notice. I even I sort of you know let reality pass on that one. But the nightclub thing was so funny because she leans in to talk to, to Keanu and she's like an inch away from his ear and as she leans in the music c- c- goes down. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've ever been
1: drunk in a nightclub trying to talk to somebody before you'll know you'll know you're like, hey, yeah. my name's Kevin. Levin? <laughs> yeah. Kevin They're- Trying to fold
0: their ear down. Get enough. Gavin. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good enough. Go enough. Go with whatever you believe. Uh so but my question is, and this has always bothered me. Why didn't she just take Neo to see Morpheus at that point? She was with him. He was there. She was telling him that he's in danger. She could have just taken him to see Morpheus at that point. They didn't have to go through that whole rigmarole of him getting the phone and getting chased around the building and then getting taken hostage by the, uh, captured by the agents. That whole thing could have, she was right there. You could have cut out almost 20 minutes of this movie that was sort of, uh, the scene uh, obviously being held by the agents was was cool and, and moved the plot forward a little bit. But the whole scene in the in the office, I don't know that did a lot. And I didn't realize, and I almost felt like I was watching the wrong version of the movie. I didn't, I didn't remember there was this abrupt edit from him standing, he's like looking out on the ledge and then suddenly he's being arrested and taken into the car. And there was nothing that explained like how did they get him? Did he go back in the? Obviously, he went back in the building. If that was such an abrupt edit, it felt like there was probably more there, and they had to shorten it, so they just cut it out because it felt very. It was a very awkward transition. The 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 scene where he gets cat where he is captured and and being held by the cops is a so or the the agents is so awesome. I love in movies. And, and this does happen in real life where people say, I know my rights. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't know your rights and you think you do. And if you, if you knew your rights, you wouldn't be talking at all. And whenever they go, I want my one call, that's not really, that's not really a thing. They can give you a call and you're allowed to have a lawyer. But there's not this thing where you get one phone call. That was something made up by the movies and then just propagated through movies. And now probably every, every perp who gets, who gets booked for something is like, I want my one call. And the cops are like, we don't have to give you a fucking
0: call. Where are you getting this from? You right. watch watched too many cop movies. It's like when people don't say goodbye on the phone. It's just become a yeah. thing. Yeah, right. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, the bunch, the scene where, and the, the going back to the scene in the, and where they're interrogating him, they, they suddenly start, they're a bunch of guys and then they're like a bunch of big guys in suits and suddenly they knock him down on the table and they start tearing his clothes off. I would have been like, oh my God, okay, they're just putting a, they're just putting a robot in my stomach. I thought this was going to go somewhere else so much worse. I'll deal with this thing in my gut because I thought I was about to get raped in the ass by you weirdos. Um, and then, so that, so then he finally goes and he, and he meets with Morpheus. And by the way, if they were able to take out that, um, the, the bug, if they had that whole device that they could have taken out the bug, then again, they really didn't need to go through the whole process of trying to coach him to avoid the agents because they could have just let that whole thing happen and then got and sucked the thing out of him. That wasn't even like a big deal. So there were there was a lot in this movie that happened that feels like it could have been avoided, but they needed to tell the story in a certain way. So it, the story, and again, this is just because I've become so hyper analytical because of this fucking podcast <laughs> that I, it 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 just it it all stands out to me. And one of my one of my big problems with this movie has always been, and I and I just I've never I've never wanted to spend the time to figure it out. The whole science behind they have to be at a landline to call into the ship to be sucked back to the ship. They can't do it from a cell phone. For some reason. And they have to, it has to be a landline and they have to get the call. It never, it never quite made sense to me. And it almost felt like storytelling where they're like, just, just go with it. Just trust us. This is how it works. And then, and because then there's, there's also the scene where Morpheus comes into the ship and he's like, we need to, we need to go up to a transmitting level. So they, so obviously they have to go up to a certain height so they can get into the matrix. And how exactly do they plug into the matrix? And then to, to keep that, the whole science of that being awkward where where the age where they first have the encounter with the agents and they're in that building and the agents and they're like and they're, I guess they were trying to call in so they could get back to the ship and the agents cut the line going to the building and they're like they cut the line so now they can't get out why did that line matter that line wasn't real none of that's real that line is a is, 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 a, is a figment created by a program it's not an actual line to anything so if, if they keep telling you that like everything in the matrix is, is in your mind and you can do whatever you want uh if you believe it essentially if you believe you can do something in the matrix you can do it then you should just be able to almost through your mind contact the ship and send out a signal because that's all any of this is it's all just programming being sent in one way or another so uh, it, it, it all just it, it, it never added up for me on like my 10th rewatch of this movie i never thought about any of this before but i've i've seen this movie so many times that uh that you like, some of it does stand out to me
0: like when let me. I just wanted to jump in real quick. Um, you, you, you still win in the scenario, Kevin, because I'm just learning right now um, after watching the movie a little over 24 hours ago that they were on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> that uh,
1: yeah, that was it was a it was a, uh, it was a hovercraft. That, I had no
0: idea. The Nebuchadnezzar. Zero idea.
1: Yeah. Um, they need they need the cable. So, so,
2: they need the cable so they could go travel because if, if willy nilly you can't travel back into the main th- to life without the cable. That makes perfect sense, I
1: think, because if it's just a random cell phone, But the cable doesn't really exist. Uh, that cable only exists in the Matrix. It's 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 it exists as much as anything else that he says doesn't exist or does exist. It's not a hard cable actually going in to anything. I was that, in the. Version of
2: it's them- a hardwire into the matrix. That's why you have to be unplugged. Like you just can't pull your phone out of your computer without ejecting it. Kind of thing.
1: That was the whole point. I, I got it. I, I and you know what? And I like I look. I could be one hundred percent wrong on this. It yeah. just never yeah. it never quite added up to me. Something else that never added up to me. When when Neo first wakes up in the champagne glasses, Don so eloquently called it. And he and that robot pops up and it like looks at him. Clearly, something's gone wrong here. Clearly, he's not supposed to be awake. Oh. And it picks him up and it holds him by his neck. And then it just drops him in and lets him go. Why wouldn't it just kill him? It would have just. Total- <laughs> It would have totally just killed him. And then that would have the movie would have been over. But for some unknown reason that they don't even bother to try to explain, like at least if they were like, oh, and the reason that robot let you go was because you were the one and you were able to control it. No, it just lets him go. And then he gets saved by the, by the giant claw arcade game thing that pulls him out of the, pulls him out of the soup, which by the way, the fact (laughs) that they were able to dig him out of that, that goop with that thing, that's, that was some talent there. Um. Oh, and then, so then when, uh, and I do love, I love this, the history, the story behind this, but I would have loved it if when, when Morpheus was explaining to Neo what happened and then, oh yeah, you know, the robots came, the machines came in and they took over and blah, blah, blah. I wish Neo had been like, like Terminator because it was he was supposed to have existed in the 90s like Terminator that existed and it's these the movies run so parallel to each other it would have been a little fun winking and a nod but that gets me to one of my one of my main problems with this movie this movie has no sense of humor there's no at no point does it have any and you have to think you have this guy who's essentially a time traveler he thinks he's in the 90s and then he suddenly finds himself in 2199 or 2299 whatever it was and he, he doesn't have that, he has no sarcasm, no, like, no way. And, and most people in awkward, uncomfortable situations usually resort to their, to their humor as a, as a defense mechanism, as a way of coping with it. He doesn't, he doesn't, he kind of does it a little bit once or twice where he's going to jump, jump off the building and he's like sort of talking to himself. But that's almost where I think Will Smith would have made this movie better because he would have had a little humor and a little life to it. This yeah. is. This is, in my opinion, one of Keanu's worst performances in a movie because he's so just monotone. Wait, wait in
2: it. hold on. Let me let me and, show on your point. How many times, besides "fuck you, asshole" in Terminator, did you laugh? Term- Terminator one or Terminator two? One. No, two's got some jokes. One.
1: Same premise. Terminator one. No, none. There none. you go. Okay, so Terminator. I- And I'm not, wait, wait. And I'm not saying every movie has to have the Terminator. The first Terminator was basically just a long chase movie. Like the whole movie was him, them just being chased and trying to survive for their lives. This movie does have some slow points where they're kind of talking and where they're learning and they're having their, 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 some character development points. There was really no character development in Terminator one. Terminator one was here's this girl. She fucked this guy and this thing's not trying to kill her. And that's the movie. And then you just it's just her trying to survive this. This movie, there was actual character development. There was, there was plot development. And there, was, there was points where there could have been some levely, levity and some humor and some sort of human moments. In Terminator, I could believe that I wouldn't be, because I'm running the whole time. But right. there is some down points in this where he could have, some sarcasm, something would have happened that made him a little more human. And I, and I agree with Don where everybody was almost that flat. And that's why that kid what's his name rat or whatever the whatever the Was kid mouse? the kid's name is mouse mouse thank you almost comes off out of place because every now and then he has this like weird little line where he's like he's you know he's a creep or whatever and he's trying to have make him have sex with the lady in the red dress and he almost seems out of place cuz everybody is so just so monotony. And I guess if you get beaten down by years of living underground because you're about to be killed by robots, maybe that's the way it would go. But it, it- yeah, but you had Joe
0: pants, you had Joe pants in there. He would have been <laughs> Joe pants is the greatest. Like he could have been the comic foil in that. And he, he, do- he's pretty much the only guy who did sort of break out of that monotone thing, man. I was, I was waiting for him to turn into the guy from midnight run, man. That would have been awesome, man. <laughs> hey, you know <laughs> See, what? You're going- the Duke. I got the duke
2: see you at the airport and, Marvin. And-,
1: <laughs> and thank you for that that segue because uh cypher who was that character i totally get where he's coming from sure that that decision that he makes and that i mean clearly he's a piece of shit and he turns on them and he, he ends up killing them and i almost think if he didn't do that if he didn't actually murder his whole crew it would have almost made him more of a sympathetic bad guy because he just turns out to be just a piece of shit. But like, I get where it's like, this is so bad. Ignorance is bliss, and I would rather just not know the, all of this and go live my life in, in in utter bliss and and ignorance to this whole horrible hell that we have to live through now. I totally get where he went. Now, once he starts taking the the things out of their heads and murdering them, that he kind of goes off the uh, the deep edge. But. His was the character that had the most development. And that that gets me to one of my other issues with this movie is that there's really no character development in any of these characters. Neo is kind of Neo the whole time. And that's more of just a Keanu Reeves thing. And they're all just very, they're all very one dimensional characters. Morpheus almost feels like a kind of cult leader-ish kind of character. And, Trinity has no personality whatsoever. No. And there's no chemistry between Trinity and, and Neo. At no point did I ever believe that they cared about each other or that they, la- it was almost just like, I'm supposed to love you. I love you too. Okay. Let's move on. It
0: was- that's, a, that's the point I, I missed making, Kevin. I'm glad. You I had a feeling like
1: you were going to make that point. Yeah. It, mm. it,
0: it was, I, it was in the notes. I just didn't, I didn't see it, but God, I'm so glad you, cause I've been chomping at the bit to, to throw that in there. Cause that, when she said, I love you, I, I, I was, I was like, nobody, nobody on earth is believing that. I mean, you, the three of us are out after comedy shows. We're at the bar trying to show the chicks, like how witty we are. And yeah, hey, you can, I buy you a drink and we're joking. And we're like, bing, bang, boom. We're, what is, what does George Costanza say? I'm, I'm bebop, but I'm scatting all over the place. <laughs> They had seventeen words of dialogue the whole film, not one not one cheesy like look at each other, like, "Hey, we got something here, nothing. It just comes from out of nowhere, and it's so unbelievable that when she says it, you just start dying laughing.
1: Yeah, yep. no I, I, I totally agree and and, and then at what, at what, when Cypher's like looking at her and she's in the chair and he's talking to her in the Matrix, and he goes. Trinity, you're a beautiful woman. I was like, hey, that's pushing it a little bit. I mean, maybe, maybe because it's a lack of options because most of the human race is dead and you've probably seen six girls in your life.
2: Eh, wouldn't you try to fuck her long before he's trying to kill her on that ship? I'll throw in my points in there now, but okay. You get the idea. <laughs> that-
1: <laughs> and <laughs> so, and also there's a, there's a point, there's a part where He's uh Neo. I can't remember what Neo's doing, but one of the guys goes, Oh, Mikey likes it. I was like, You wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that saying. How would you know that? So, where would you have gotten that from? You never saw that commercial. You never, they're, that was just that was, they're, that they're, was
2: on a, they're on a spaceship fleeing. They have nothing to do but watch TV on the fucking internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they see that commercial.
1: Watch, yeah, watch 80s reruns. That's that's how they get by, that's 80s how they while away the yeah. days. <laughs> So, this, and this, so the scene where Morpheus and Agent Smith uh, finally interact and they have that moment where Agent Smith goes off about, first of all, Agent Smith is a fantastic character in this. I oh, think he's yeah. such a great villain. Mm-hmm. And he, he's the, without a doubt, hands down for me, the best part of this movie. He's so disgusted with his life, with his existence. And with the humans, and when he when he wipes the oh, sweat, And off-
0: become a comedian like we did. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think Hugo Weaving is a very funny guy, but when he wipes the sweat off of Morpheus and smells it, you can just feel it's palpable how much he hates these things. And that scene is is so fantastic. And I also love when when he and Morpheus were fighting, and he's he, Morpheus Morpheus says to him, "You all look the same to me." which is really funny because a black guy saying it to a white guy. And that's, and I thought that was a really funny flip on what's considered, you know, a pretty shitty stereotype. But then, then the, uh, the one brother whose whose name I can't remember the, not dozer, but the other guy, uh, Oh, Oh, the, the main operator tank tank. Right. Uh, he gets, he gets shot twice with a proton pack in the chest and in the back. And he gets back. His brother is, is, Fucking fried chicken on the ground, and he gets back up and he's like, "Hold on, racial slurs now, Kevin. Please, we're not trying to get canceled. Black guy, (laughs) fried chicken—that's not necessary. Thank you. I'm on a, I'm on a tear. Sorry about that. That was that was unintentional. (laughs) The, so that that was a little ridiculous. And then they're like, "Well, they
0: did have a very woke cast for you know in 2021. You know they had they had, you know somebody from every kind of." genre in there so in 2021 the cast definitely holds up oh
1: yeah and it was made by two brothers who became sisters so so there's so there's that the the (laughs) this movie is is single-handedly responsible for keeping hot topic in business i in college there was a kid who wore a leather trench coat and he had those Morpheus glasses that didn't have the, the arms on them that we never fully could understand. And we'd always see him walking around campus. And whenever we'd see him, we'd go like this. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> and and, and, he and always and then he shut up Newtown High. Got it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but he always thought we were like complimenting him. He'd always, and then he'd always pretend like he was shooting at us. Then he'd get we were making fun of him. And that was, that was pretty much my college you, give him a,
2: you should give him a fork and go, there is no spoon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the uh the scene where the scene where uh at towards the end where where Trinity they're standing outside in the phone booth and Trinity suddenly starts to tell uh Neo her feelings or about whatever and then the and the agent that's when the agent gets there. She couldn't have waited till they were back on the ship. Like that was such an annoying moment. You have to do this. We were just running for, running for our lives. Uh, half your crew just died, but right now, tell me about your feelings. This seems like a good time to have a little moment with us. That's, and, just, and, that's just
2: like Pirates of the Caribbean, where Keira Knightley and fucking what's his face at the yeah. hanging at, at the hanging will turn at the very end. I love you. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. He's about to die, but all right, good to know that.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And like in, way, in real life, how much how much do we anguish over telling the person that we've fallen in love with that we love them? Right? Because it's usually the guy. Usually it's the guy that says it first, but not always. But point being, no matter who says it first, you're like, you're like, I got to wait for the exact right time. I'm going to take her to the, to the carnival and we're going to go on the Ferris wheel and it's going to be like a Hallmark movie and the whole town's going to gather around and I'm going to get down on my knee and I'm going to propose and everyone's going to clap and it'll be Christmas and everything will be great. No, everyone you love is dead, but I'm going to tell this guy, who I've talked to, I've said three words to, I'm in love with him. It sounds like
2: Don's about to to propose at the Meadowlands State Fair at Giant
0: Stadium parking lot, it sounds like. (laughs) Hey, I'm Jersey White Trash. I know where to propose.
1: (laughs) And for for, for all of the agents' powers who are there, you know, they're supposed to be like these perfect killing machines. They are the worst shots next to stormtroopers ever. They never hit anything and they're supposed to be able to like predict what happens and, and what goes on. And, and this, so this brings me to my last point, the Oracle, it never made sense to me why the Oracle knew what was going to happen. I understand that she knows things and she knows where it came from and maybe she knows about the but she, when she starts going, you know, the whole thing with the vase and she's like, Oh, you don't worry about the vase. And then he knocks it over. Why is she able to see the future? That doesn't make any sense. And I guess it made a little more sense when they think it was the second movie or the third movie, the second movie, where they met the architect and he started saying about how this all happened before. And this is, you know, the seventh time this happened or whatever. But it all happened exactly like it happened down to the detail of him knocking over the vase that she knew. That just that seemed a little a little out of place for me. But I do really like the Oracle character and I love that scene where she, where they're in the apartment and they have the weird little Buddhist looking kid bending spoons and they're juggling blocks and whatever. Anyway, overall, I still love this movie.
2: <laughs> I knew it.
1: <laughs> I fucking knew it. And it, it does have a lot of problems. A lot of it, a lot of it I and I have to admit, it has slipped a little bit. It it's it's not it and I think just because so many incredible science fiction movies and and stuff has come out since then that you start holding it to these these standards that have built on it actually but the concept of this movie is amazing the characters aren't great and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of meat to dig into as far as the characters go other than agent smith but that just goes to show you how great the concept of this movie the idea of being trapped in a in a program and not even knowing about it, and fighting in this world that's that's not real and this this virtual reality, it's it still blows my mind, and I still think go back to the point where I saw that movie, and I remember how blown I was away I was about it. So does it does it has it lost maybe a step half a step? I think so, but does it still hold up? And is is it still a great movie for me? Yeah, I I will always love this movie. Number, uh, an eight.
2: Oh boy. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com. Every day you can find fantastic articles, and a lot of that doesn't happen where Kevin Israel and I pull out stuff that they try and pass off as regular daily occurrences, but in real life just don't fucking happen. Like in Rocky Three, Rocky and Clever Lang are trading blows, but no one has their hands covering their fucking face. (laughs) Give me a a goddamn break. And, of course, if you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Notes. This was one of the last films I can think of that had a kick-ass fucking soundtrack. Don Jameson, I am disappointed you did not go even deeper being a music guy into this soundtrack. Prodigy, Rob Zombie, the list of Rage Against the Machine, the list goes on. That whole tech noir, whatever the fuck you call it, industrial, that's what I meant to say, excuse me, fucking amazing. I have that album. I still listen to it. I Hate Marilyn Manson, the one Marilyn Manson song I like. Rock is Dead, the opening fucking song on the album. Love it. Love it. Besides American Pie 2 soundtrack and the Tron Legacy soundtrack, I can't think of a good movie soundtrack after the year 2000. That was the year every soundtrack ceased to exist. That was good.
1: That's a great point. Good point.
2: Thank you. What about Judgment Day? Judgment Night is 1993, my friend.
0: Oh. Oh. I was out of town that week. I
1: forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Judgment Night is a monster soundtrack. It's
0: top yeah, five all time.
2: One. That's top five. Good. All right, cool. I, I will put Hackers as my, my favorite, but it's because I have three volumes. And I'm cheating, but it's great. And the, of course, The Crow is also, without a doubt, top of the list as well. Neo in his oh, in his uh, apartment has a keyboard that was broken into three different parts. I never knew anyone who owned a keyboard that was in three sections in a big S curve who the fuck would oh that's carpal tunnel waiting for you right there that doesn't happen 1999 also the last year that landlines were featured in any movie and phone booths for that matter I've never seen a cell phone that drops down with the speaker with the press of the button I wanted one so badly and I looked for them in the 90s and 2000s but I think now that'd be a problem for dudes if someone bumped into you that would just knock you right in the dick not fun <laughs> <laughs> this movie perfectly summed up what we, we all thought the future and more importantly impending Y two K would bring. Because Kevin and I I graduated college in ninety nine as well. And well I'll get into that in a minute of fucking completely agree with you. Hugo Weaving is a top-ten movie villain. No room for debate. His speaking mannerism, which I learned about the Wachowskis, he modeled it after, it just grabs you. And when he does the whole humans are compared to viruses speech, is fucking amazing. And just, where do they think of this shit? This is brilliant. Switch and Trinity look like they both came from the Lilith Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew anyone to rock out Morpheus's shades, but I'm glad Kevin Israel threw a monkey wrench in that point of mine. Cool. <laughs> Ironic that the guy who tried killing the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar took a dildo in his butt from Janice Soprano. That would
0: have helped the, that would have helped the Matrix.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Funny how the current real world in the Matrix looks like current downtown Chicago. Was it Chicago? No, I just thought it looked like downtown Chicago now.
0: Now, yeah. The great oh. Gene Siskel <laughs> said this movie would have been better with a lot more dildos in it, and I quote.
1: <laughs> well, what I he hear you- him saying that.
0: Yeah, besides the
2: brain cancer talking. Uh, next one. Instead of eating that oatmeal slop every day, why not upload a cooking program into them while in the Matrix so you learn how to cook something different besides that shit? <laughs> It's now time for a subtle reminder that Lawrence Fishburne's daughter Montana does porn. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Googling. I you, you can. I'm I'm talking so you can google all you want to. <laughs> um oh we talked about it before but before people demand uh this is one big that doesn't happen know this in the confines of that this story is told anything goes so that doesn't happen does not apply to the matrix because of the story which it's solved. i had the matrix code as my screensaver on my computer for years i have no shame admitting that can we please stop the fasten your seatbelts cliche whenever something is about to happen? That is so fucking and hack and ugh. When Neo is with the Oracle and knocked over said vase, he has a two to three Mississippi to catch that thing instead of watching it tumble to the ground. It hits his jacket and then the wall and then hits the ground. That was a delayed, <laughs> shitty reaction. I'm not buying that. The lobby gunfight scene is still fucking amazing. Man, I love that scene. <laughs> Loved it. It's just the whole, and the music hits you too. You're like, ah. Oh. And parodied very well in the film Scary Movie. <laughs> I, uh, I'll never <laughs> forget. Yeah, they did it in the, in, the, in the movie Scary Movie, which is a funny fucking film. How
0: many, how many Matrix references did you have in your, in your act after that movie came out?
2: I was doing Comedy 99, thank God. Uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> su- I remember how this transpired to a T. Kevin Israel, you're right on most of it. The Super Bowl had a fifteen second teaser and then told you to go go to the website, what is the matrix dot com? And like a chewed nerd jerk off, I went to my computer lab class the next day and did that. And went to the and was a computer. Lab. Is- I know, right? <laughs> I know. I saw this in the fucking theater and walked out with my mind shattered to pieces usually today i've got three pages of notes and jokes but nope this is the fewest amount of notes i've ever taken i was devastated how awful the sequels were but that video game for playstation 2 is awesome if you have it find it it's great i own this film every time it appears on cable sucked right in kevin israel you did a better job of trying to gut the sacred cow than don with those points you made (laughs) i want to point that out i agree the remote test was pretty much designed for this film, Star Wars, Pulp Fiction, Caddyshack, and Shawshank. This, the effects still hold up, and I buy this story. This story is as airtight as a dolphin's asshole. I'm in, all in completely hook, line, and sinker. The characters are memorable, but you're right. They are dry. They're bland. And do you remember the fucking guy with the ponytail who could shot his name? I had to write it down. APOC. Why? Because he doesn't do <laughs> shit. The mousy kid forgot his name too, had to write it down. And you're also very right with the whole, wait a minute, how does she fall in love with them? Because the Oracle said so. That's the only crutch th- they're leaning on with that. I'd let that slide. Otherwise, this film, is in, it's the most groundbreaking and unique story we have seen. <laughs> <in> tw- <laughs> Tell me something that you've seen the last 25 years that's more unique and groundbreaking than The Matrix.
0: Yeah, that's what—that's what I want. A grandmother in a five-floor walk-up in the Bronx to predict that I'll fall in love with a woman who hasn't cracked a smile in 30 years. I don't think that's a hey, that fucking movie. She made wonderful
1: chocolate chip cookies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she did look like she made a nice cookie.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> For Christ's sakes, this is the reason why bullet time effects are now around, as as tried to be copied by that shitbox movie, Swordfish. Hey, at least we got to see Halle Berry's tits in that film. This is in my top five of all-time films, Don Jamison I shit you not. This is a spearhead of remote test. I'd be remiss to give this anything less than a nine and a half. This thing is damn near perfect. Damn near perfect. I fucking Wow. I absolutely love it. Wow. Absolutely.
0: Wow. You've, you've heard me say this with my top five. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I think Kevin mentioned, uh, Israel mentioned earlier, that so the first time you saw it was with a date, Kevin? I did, yeah. too, yeah. Actually, I saw it with my girlfriend as well at yeah. the time as well. Okay. So, so, so that would, to me, that probably that would kind of soften it for me because I, you wouldn't want to get angry when I when I'd be on a date. Like, I'll admit, I I don't make good choices for movies with dates. Like, you know, like I took a date to see Train Spotting, and she like ran out halfway through the movie. Yeah, because she was a single mom. Human centipede didn't get her hot and bothered. She freaked out. Uh, Oh, you mean him popping through the shit field toilet in Scotland didn't get her all (laughs) hot and bothered? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah she didn't want she didn't want to go to Applebee's with me after that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Applebees. But if I saw it with a date I, yeah, I probably would have been a little a little nicer about it but uh, you know it is what it is.
2: I so fucking love this film. I think it's fantastic and this is an absolute assault. This is a war crimes against the Hague level of awful with those sequels that they threw out there. Those are just
1: oh um, yeah, terrible, terrible.
2: I mean the last battle in the third one with, with the Smith is fine. Fine, but everything else, horseshit. Let's see what those queefs who got their English degrees think. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Whoa. A film that, without a doubt, left its mark on cinema and pop culture. One of the best sci-fi films of all time. The Matrix isn't just a movie; it's an entire philosophy that also examines metamorphosis and personal transformations to mirror the no, Wachowski. Wait, 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 wait! To mirror the Wachowski's own personal journeys as trans women. Ah, here's that progressive train, guys! Jump on or be sent to the cornfields forever. <laughs> The Matrix still stands up as a fiercely exciting and discombobulating futurist drama, which pioneered the breathtaking bullet time action sequences, the sequences, excuse me, inspired by Asian martial arts. And my personal favorite review of this bunch Neil offers what? Okay. Yeah. Neil offers Reeves. Okay. There you go. The perfect combination of Ted Theodore Logan's curiosity, what? And wonder. Johnny Utah's earnestness and the badassness of Jack Traven. So more dildos or <laughs> not enough?
1: A lot of dildos. They just
2: wanted. Of... They just wanted, I'm gonna... to, they just wanted I'm gonna... to fucking shoehorn the fact that they could recite three of Ken Reeves' characters other than Neo. That's what that does. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Could anyone I'm ever gonna... pull out Jack Traven? No, I like. I like Speed. I think Speed's fun. It's great, but.
0: I... I like Jack Tripper.
1: <laughs> Jack Tripper, damn right.
0: My hero. My favorite. I'm going to revise my um, Die Hard score to a two, because The <laughs> Matrix was w- worse than Die Hard. I guess ja-
2: I guess Jack Palance doesn't get any love amongst the Jacks around here. Okay.
0: Critics nope. <laughs> no. he can do one hand push ups, so yeah, he's a strong.
2: fuck. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. The Wachowskis have borrowed bits from here, there, and everywhere, and then they put them on their genital area. Hey, uh, oh, and what? <laughs> Thank you. And then they have cre- ended up creating a two-hour and 15-minute jumble of cultural and philosophical references with violence to spare, but precious little clarity or logic. Word soup, party of three.
1: He's got a thesaurus.
2: Do these people think they're – do they talk like this when just hanging out at, at, at I don't know, a bar? You know? This conversation, I find, you, I find you to be lacking clarity or logic, but damn, those D-cups are just fantastic. <laughs> if you weren't so didactic. <laughs> I, find ooh, your, I find your logic elementary and pedantic at best, but ooh, I love a tram stamp. <laughs> that means you're an easy catch. <laughs> There's not much humor to keep it all life-size, and by the final stretch, it's become bloated, mechanical, and tiresome. Much like my act. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what VH1 said when they canceled that metal show? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fuck them. It's a great show. At least the Wachowskis yeah. attempted to do something different than what had been seen before, even if the finished product isn't quite the, the success they obviously yearned for. Motherfucker made six hundred fifty fucking million dollars. I think that's a success. Gotta hate. Critics: The Matrix is to overblown silliness, as to Mount Rushmore is to big stone heads. Right. That doesn't resonate at all. No. I know geography. Not... Yeah. Or I know national landmarks. That's a better thing to say. Amazon five-star reviews. <laughs> Amazon five-star reviews. The booze. It's time for Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. A couple of these are wordy, but believe me, worth it. The Matrix is a classic film and will continue to appreciate as we ascend into the technological advancements of today's world. It's incredibly odd watching this movie 20 years later and somehow seeing how the assumptions of the internet technology and society were addressed here. All that withheld, it's still a great piece of sci fi action that has been rarely met with a competitor or similar style. Yes, wow. <laughs> I just said I wanted the chicken parm, dude. That's all. Basi- <laughs> basically, the Matrix is breaking down modern systems of control in the world. The days of dictatorships that try to run people's lives via police state are over. Today's systems like racism, sexism, classism, etc., work via controlling people's minds and how they think and see the world. More insidious is that people are brought up within these systems and don't even know they exist, just like Neo before he is freed. This theme is played out throughout the entire movie. Jesus.
0: <laughs> Signed, Alex Jones. That, sound, that sounded more boring than the dialogue in the movie.
2: <laughs> I am the biggest movie buff that I know. I have seen thousands of movies. 17 years after the Warner Brothers released this movie, it amazingly remains to be, for my time, my favorite movie. XDD, I don't know what that is. It has everything, action, sci-fi, adventure, mystery, romance, slow down, Junior, and, right. <laughs> and a hell of a unique story that is well-written, produced, and directed. To coin a phrase from an earlier Keanu Reeves movie, Excellent. <laughs> one of the best movies ever i understand how a generation that was born after cell phones pcs and the internet were commonplace my find my find it hard to appreciate just how awe inspiring this movie was and for many still is keanu reeves you just had my heart from the first time i saw you in paula abdul's video rush rush i knew oh, that wow. <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea <laughs>
1: Who wrote that? Kevin Israel? <laughs> ah, I love Rush Russ. Back off.
2: He's right. more of an MC scat kind of fellow with opposites bad of i right.
1: I'm going up. You're going down.
2: <laughs> I knew that then you were a star. I wish you continued success in your career. Just take all the hard hits on the chin and keep getting up. Like Johnny all Mnemonic. Right? Was she still giving me a hurrah hurrah after Johnny Mnemonic? What a piece of shit that was. What a that was a bad What a great soundtrack. Also throw that in the mix. Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. It's time for Amazon One Star Reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews. Kevin Israel, right up your alley. 13 blasphemies. Not why. Not sure why Hollywood insists on blaspheming God, but it does. Jesus' name is the only one you'll ever hear used as a cuss word. Cuss word. Hmm. Wonder why. How about Jesus Christ? You loosen up your silly cunt. Now I just have 11 more to tie the matrix.
1: So they would be happier if people just went, holy Buddha. Yeah.
2: Except... She should P.S. The N word is okay. Just kidding. (laughs) I love this movie when it came out. It ruins the third wall when some of these words are overdubbed. Every F word is dubbed over. I love this movie. By the way, I don't remember them saying fuck, but then again, I'm I don't think they said it
1: once in the movie.
2: Right. In the movie, PG. No, it's R, but it's because of violence, not because of cursing. I love this movie and still won't ask for a refund, but I'm a grown man. I can handle the F word. After this, to the seas I go to search for a full booty, a booty full of F word versions. His version of booty is a lot different than my booty and your booty and Jeffrey Epstein's booties,
0: I bet, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lousy. Well, at least Jeffrey Epstein could watch the film with, with, his, with his girlfriends. <laughs> There's no f bombs. Yeah, he had to
2: buy he had to buy them tickets to go see it. Says so it was still in the theater though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lousy, a waste of my money on Amazon rental. Thank God I did not purchase this poorly directed movie. It was just a show and tell sort of film. Regret- regretfully, Doc Carroll. <laughs> He pitched for the Mets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, he, uh, he, once he, he ran by the showers and did a towel snap of Sid Fernandez's ass. It's a big ass, too. Oh, I, yes. I canceled this film minutes into it. I should like a refund, but more importantly, I should like Amazon <laughs> – this is good. Kevin Israel. This is this is new territory for us. I should like Amazon to arrange a system where customers can cancel within a short period without a charge. Your system makes that impossible. Just as it resists your company's learning of the shortcoming (parentheses illustrative) or Amazon's resistance to criticism in general, poor corporate relations.
0: You start doing that for mainstream Hollywood films. Next thing you know, you're going to want to do that with porn. Hey, I only made it a minute in. I want my money back. That's the 500th can, time this year, sir. Can yeah.
1: somebody come clean up my sheets? Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, this is bullshit. The first guy, he he didn't shoot a load. He dribbled out of his dick like he was sneezing. <laughs> the actual meaning of this movie is well hidden. Stop using red pill as a reference. This is actually a
0: communist movie. Ugh, fuck yourself. <laughs> And one for Don. No, wait, Kevin. Kevin, hear him out. I mean, there was that whole scene where um, Trump was getting peed on by the Russian prostitute. (laughs) Don't forget that. You had a
1: different version than I did. This one up up Don Jameson's
0: road. Carrie Ann Moss, about as much sex appeal as Jodie Foster. No, I didn't say that. I said she looked really good in the leather pants and she's a nice looking gal. But the only (laughs) way that there was going to be a romance between... Keanu Reeves and Sarah Ann Moss Carrie Close. was it is if one of those, if she took one of those pills and he was Bill Cosby.
1: <laughs> there it is.
0: Or she <laughs>
2: he, he was boofing those pills with her. Red pillow yeah. my ass, blue pull up your ass. <laughs> Who, I love that word boofing. It's so great. Kevin Israel, the Don Jameson gut the sacred cow.
1: I love Don Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. It's I, I, do. I do. I do. I adore Don, J- Don Jameson, but I'm sorry, Don, this movie was just too big for any of us. Uh, Matrix is a, a, just an iconic science fiction movie that I, I think will, will, uh, will survive the cockroaches. So you, you made you did, you made a, lo- a lot of awesome points and I agree with much of what you said. Um, the characters were boring. A lot of the dialogue is kind of ridiculous. Um, there's, so, I, and I hate to bring up more stuff, but it just stuck out to me the scene where Neo first wakes up and the and Tank walks in and is talking. And he goes, "This is a very exciting day, very exciting." And it's like, no, who talks like that? Nobody, it was ridiculous. So, Don, you you, you didn't make a lot of great points, but I I think this I think The Matrix is going to continue onward.
0: Well, thank you. And uh, listen, I appreciate And all the gutters when this airs come at me, Um, but be be fair, because Kevin, you know, Kevin was almost as brutal as I was in a lot of ways. So, you know, you could take me down, you could tear me apart, but just know no matter how much you tear me up, just, you know, have a little place in your heart to know that after this airs, I'll never be able to pee standing next to Lawrence Fishburne again.
2: (laughs) Especially when you ask him how his daughter is doing with a dick in her butt. Uh. Well, I've,
0: I, I've watched her movies more than than him and The Matrix. <laughs> but I think Kevin made a good point just in closing. The one thing I will say, to be very, very fair, is sometimes time isn't always good on films. I think that's definitely a big part of it for me because I remember seeing it when it came out. I didn't like it much then. But over time, yes, things... It's, you know, it's like I couldn't get into KISS now. You know, you got to get into KISS when you're 13. So <laughs> it just doesn't age well sometimes. And I think that's a big part of it. But still give it a one. I never got into
2: KISS now or then as a kid. I just don't. Okay. That's for your show to discuss on that. Speaking of that show, John, Don, why don't you tell us, again, what are you up to, where, you, where we
0: can find you, what you got cooking? Yeah, out doing gigs, and, um, you know, I'm on the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook and all those fun places where we show so much love to our fellow human beings, Uh, so find me on there and cuss me out, but uh, come out and buy a ticket to a show, we're back, live comedy is back, and of course, go see the Kevins as well, and check me out on that Jameson show at compoundmedia.com.
1: Kevin Israel. Yeah, man. Uh, KevinIsrael.com for my dates and shows coming up. I'm at a Foxwoods Casino up in Connecticut at least once a month. So if you're up there, come check me out. And uh, more importantly, leave us a five-star rating and a quick sentence review. It helps us. It helps boost the the, the, the visibility of our, of our platform and makes more people get to listen to exciting reviews like what Don Jameson just gave us. And we want more fans. We want more people to know about us. And you can contribute... Just by, just by clicking five stars and leaving a... I love these guys. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Just 25 cents a day, and you could feed <laughs> Kevin and Kevin.
2: And so that fat fuck Sally Struthers, is she still alive or, or not?
1: No, she died eating an Ethiopian kid.
2: Uh, she'd still be wow. What? She <laughs> choked on one of the many bones because there wasn't much skin there? All right. Shitty fucking Ethiopian jokes. What was this? What was this, Live A 1989? <laughs> Uh, NFL season will be coming around soon so you can check out my picks I'm a lot better than uh, Don Jamison's network partner Gino Bisconti that's for sure his picks are terrible but I love Gino, Gino's fucking great actually he's due for a return visit on this show too dot guttingthesacredcow.com yeah, for uh, all the blogs we do every single day you want to uh, advertise with us guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com or just drop by and say hi and we are selling our stickers Three bucks for one or three for five bucks. Just DM us wherever you catch us. And subscribe to us on YouTube. We're getting closer and closer to monetization. Just turn off the notifications. We don't give a shit. As long as you subscribe, that's all we fucking want. Don Jameson, man, we love hanging out with you. And holy shit, best, I look at the clock and we have gone an hour and a half. That's a long time. That's, I think that breaks Landau's record when he did Goodwill uh, Goodwill Hunting of, uh, of time.
0: So well done. It was thank really you. fun, guys. I, yeah, I love the podcast, man. And Yeah, I hope you guys make a million on it. We're trying. Me too, too. God, God knows we're fucking trying. <laughs> or at least $100. <laughs> we
2: will take it. We'll take it. $100 would be just quite dandy, too. Kevin Goatee, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Israel, thank you, Don Jameson. We'll see you guys next time. Later.